Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove, and today I'd like to talk a little bit about being Jewish. I've been Jewish all my life, so I know something about it, but maybe really very little compared to the 4,000-year history of the Jewish religion. Now, uh, I'd like to mention, if you're viewing this now, that a few of the earlier segments on the In Present series have dealt with some of my deep personal experiences having to do with being Jewish. In particular, uh, I think before you view this segment, it might be very useful for you to view In Present segment number seven about my great uncle Harry and In Present segment number 32 about the meaning of life. I've gone through a lot of ups and downs in relationship to my Jewish upbringing. My uh, family, originally, my father's family, came from Lubavitch and the, the area around Lubavitch. They were very religious Jews. In fact, I'll tell you an interesting story about my father, uh, who grew up in the tiny town of Berlin, Wisconsin. and. Uh, it was so small, there was no rabbi, there was no synagogue, but as I mentioned, my grandparents were quite religious, so they hired somebody to come and live in the home to give my father his bar mitzvah lessons. And one day they found the teacher, the bar mitzvah instructor, shaving on the Sabbath which was considered a sin to do any form of work on the Sabbath. So he got fired, and my father went to live with my great-uncle Harry and received his bar mitzvah lessons that way. Now, my father was minimally a religious man. Once he got into college, he became the leader of a uh, swing band, high-low and his high-lows. And he joined the army, and he, he pretty much uh, left his orthodox religious background behind him. Although he told me once that every night before he went to sleep, he prayed, and he prayed the uh, prayer, which is one of the major prayers that all Jewish people pray at every religious service, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, Hear, O Israel, our Lord, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's the uh, essential message of monotheism. But So that's my father's religion, and you know, it does say in the Bible, you should honor your father and your mother. And I thought, well, one way to honor my father and my mother uh, is not to become deeply involved in the religion that they had mostly rejected. My mother's parents were basically, yeah, well, I can put it this way. My mother's father, my dear grandpa Abe, hated rabbis. <laughs> He was very, very secular, and uh, he had uh, immigrated to the United States from the town of Bialystok, which had gone back and forth a few times between Russia and Poland. He was a very unusual man, and, and in fact, uh, one of my cousins has written a couple of books, really, about my grandfather, my cousin Steve Roberts. And I'm showing some of those book covers now, but that that's a whole other story, except to say that when my parents were married, my and in New Jersey, my grandpa Abe managed to find the rabbi who had married 
him and my grandmother, Miriam, and uh, that same rabbi officiated at the uh, wedding of my parents. But that was pretty much it. Although growing up in a small town in Wisconsin, I, we joined the conservative synagogue there, and I had a religious upbringing. I, in fact, I had quite a bar mitzvah. At my bar mitzvah, I conducted the entire Friday evening service as well as the normal uh, prayers and blessings associated with the normal bar mitzvah service on a Saturday morning. I learned all the melodies, and I love those Jewish melodies. I just love the music. And gave a speech that was written for me by the rabbi. And I was quite religious. I, my sister Pamela, my younger sister Pamela, was not even as a, as a young child. And I remember she was about 13 saying she wanted nothing to do with the religion. And in my mind, I was thinking, Pamela, how can you forsake the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God of our fathers who had sacrificed so much to maintain the Jewish religion for thousands of years against all sorts of oppression. But really, by the time I graduated high school, I felt pretty much the same as my sister Pamela. And I stayed that way, I think, for about 30 years. I just drifted away from the religion until I had that experience, which I mentioned, I think, briefly in uh, segment 32 of the In Presence series, where I felt a, a need to come back to it because I had been in Israel for eight hours and I stayed home on Yom Kippur and the Jewish High Holiday, reading the prayers uh, of various prayer books. And, and when I read that poem, which is uh, I briefly summarize in segment 32, I, I was brought to tears. And it dawned on me at that time that so many people of my generation were moving away from Judaism because of the pain of the Holocaust. And I had what is known in uh, Hebrew as teshuva, a return, a turning back to the religion at that point. I became active in the synagogue in the town of San Rafael, California, where we lived at that time. I became very active, as a matter of fact. I began attending all of the services. We, Even though it was a reformed synagogue, which is the most lax of all the branches of Judaism, I believe, I began showing up in the morning for special minions where we would, a minion is a service where you need at least 10 men and putting on what are known as tefillin. You can see this in some of the old pictures. You wrap these leather straps around your, your wrist because in the same Shema prayer, it says, you shall bind these words upon your forehead and upon your hands and you shall remember them. And you say these prayers as you actually perform this action. And I was doing it and I was becoming so religious. And then around that time, my father died. And I attended the funeral in Wisconsin. I was close at the time to the great mystical rabbi Zalman Schechter Shalomi and his family. And 
He was on the phone calling me, telling me what to do around the death of my father, which honestly, I began to feel a little intrusive. But nonetheless, I was prepared now that my father has died. I would become even more religious. I would attend minions. We would sit Shiva, which is a, a term for you know mourning the dead. And um, I was flying back to California after my father's funeral. And I could hear his voice speaking to me, plain as day. He said, son, if you want to become more active in the religion, do it for yourself. You don't need to do it for me. And at that moment, I felt liberated. I realized that I didn't need to do it for me. I thought I was doing it for him. And if, and if he was speaking to me from a spirit realm and saying, do it for yourself, don't do it for me. At that moment, I felt I had completed my teshuva. I had come back to the religion. I wasn't going to stray simply because of the pain of the Holocaust. But now I had completed that. And interestingly, um, my father died shortly before Yom Kippur. And I went to the service. It was the last Jewish service I've been at. It's been nearly 20 years now. And in fact, over 20 years. I was called to say the prayer before the Torah on Yom Kippur. It was a very high honor. I said the prayer, and that's the last time I've been in a synagogue because I'm a secular person, really. I'm not a religious person, but I'm very proud of being Jewish and I'm very happy for my Jewish heritage. And there are many, many mysteries about the Jewish religion, the suffering of the Jewish people, and yet at the same time, the brilliance of the Jewish people. In a way, I think the Jewish people are the chosen people, not because they received the Torah from Moses, the five books of Moses, which are the basis of the Jewish religion. For me, frankly, the Jewish religion took a wrong turn with Moses. But that's another long story. I think I'm proud to be a Jew because of the wonderful religion, and it is, at least I can say I love the music, not the theology. But also, if you look at uh, today's culture, you'll see Jewish people in the forefront of almost every field. And, and there's an irony. I read recently that Ashkenazi Jews, such as myself, on average, have uh, IQs one standard deviation above the rest of the population. And I suspect that very likely the reason for that is because they've been persecuted so much and, and those who had the foresight, perhaps the precognition, to avoid persecution are the ones who survived and had children. And maybe that had something to do with the uh, higher intelligence found amongst Ashkenazi Jews. And the great contributions, if you think of the 20th century, for example, the, the great minds of the 20th century, Sigmund Freud, Albert Einstein, Karl Marx, for better or worse, with all of his influence, all Jewish. And yet, Jewish people represent still the tiniest, tiniest fraction of the 
overall population. Now, I can also say in my lifetime, I've experienced a good deal of anti-Semitism. I think I refer to it even as a young child growing up in a small Wisconsin town. So, what does all of this mean for you? Well, I can say this, whether you're Jewish or not, you live in a world with Jewish people and you might ask yourself how that impacts you. Almost everybody I know has some sort of an attitude about the Jews, love them or hate them, <laughs> and I've certainly known both. So, uh, it's a good time just to contemplate what, what does it mean for you that there are Jewish people, that there are different religions. And I'll leave you with that thought. Thank you for being with me.